Thank you, Glenn. Thanks, Jess. Beautiful job. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys? Wow, that was wonderful. Wonderful. Steve uh, led us just so beautifully, too, and, and it's something that I've been hearing from the Lord. For those of you that were here last week, um, I just heard the Lord just speak this word, and that was uh, security. And, uh, and I've just been meditating on it a lot this week, and God just unpacked that for me, and, and I know there's many more layers for him to unpack for me, but um, what I've been hearing as of recently, as he's just been revealing that to me, what, what that means for us, what that means for me, and that is uh, to just grow, he, he desires for us to grow more secure in who we are. Um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we had manifestations um, of speaking in tongues with interpretation as, word as, as well as uh, prophecy during our prayer time. And it was just um, it was a very common theme that God was just continuing to bring forth, which is just how much He loves you, how He sees you. You know that we're seated in the heavenly places, and we're seated with the Lord Jesus Christ at the right hand of the Father. That, that's how God sees us. We're, we're no longer outside the house of God. We're no longer just servants running around trying to do our best for God, but rather we're children, sons and daughters of the Most High God. And he's just like, I just, I just long for you to grow in the type of confidence that, that, that I see that you should have as my sons, as my daughters, as ones who've been totally equipped with my presence, um, with my spirit. So, um, so as, we, as, we, as we talk this morning... Some couple of things I want to share with it, with us. Um, wow, just rest right now in knowing that that you're totally His, um, that He loves you so much, and uh, and just like a good father, He just wants to teach us. You know, He just wants to keep showing us and, and keep teaching us. And you know, th- this week I've just been asking Him. I said, God, what would you have communicated um, to your people Sunday today? And uh, and He just showed me. Um, this verse, it just kept bringing this verse to mind, and it's in Psalms 17, um, verses 15. So if you have your Bibles turned there, I just, um, I can't, uh, can't encourage you enough to, to bring a Bible. We do our best to put verses on the wall, but I really want you to get super comfortable with your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, let me know. Uh, me and the team will get you one. But, like, I, I want that to just, like, this, I got history in here. I got notes in here. I got promises in here. I've got highlighted words. I've got, you know, underlined, circled words, sentences, phrases, uh, dates that God's opened my eyes up to something, put that in there. And it's just, it's just this beautiful history. And I, and I just desire that you have that as well with, with your Bible. Um, but what I want to look at is this verse 17. I want to talk with you um, out of this verse. Psalm 17, verses 15. David says, As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. I love it. David's like, you know, as for me, this is a declaration that I'm making personally. Not what my friends are saying, not what my family's up to. But as for me, I shall behold your face. The word behold is to look at. But in this particular portion of scripture, it's referring to choosing something over something else. To behold. David says, I will 
choose something over something else. What's David choosing? He says, I I choose to behold your face. Face, as you read God's word, it it means presence. Like David said in the Psalms as well, he said, I I seek your face, Lord. You ask me to seek your face, and I I do seek your face, Lord. It's seeking God's presence, just where where we just come face to face with God. We're just like, just one with him right there. And David says, this is the one thing I, I will choose over anything else, and that is, is your presence. You know, we have a lot of choice in life. But David says, as for me, I will behold your face. I will choose your, your presence above anything else. And then he says in righteousness, and when I wake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Satisfied here means to be it's, it's, it's like a continual filling and an overflowing of appetites and desires of God's likeness, of his image. So what David is saying, when I, cho- I will choose your presence, your presence, God, above everything else. And when I wake up, I will be satisfied. I'll be filled with, I'll be, it'll be a continual flowing of appetites and desires that mirror your likeness. And that's what happens when we choose him. The world, man, I, I'll just, I, I can speak for the world, but I'll speak for myself. <laughs> There's that need to be, to be filled, right? And I had it, I, no, matter, no matter what the world gave to offer, a good job, good health, you know, good family, there's still more that your heart desires to be filled with. And that's only found in his presence. That is only found in his presence. Uh, Bill Johnson puts it like this. He says a good way to understand the intent of the word desire is to break it down by syllables. Day means of. Sire is father. In other words, all desire has a father. Do you know that what you behold, what you choose above anything else, will bring forth desires up in you? Just like David was talking about, God, when I choose you, God, when I wake up in the morning, I'm satisfied, I'm filled with, I'm overflowing with the appetites and the desires of who you are, your likeness. All desire has a father. Jesus puts it like this. I want you guys to turn your Bibles or look at the screen, chapter 8 of John. And uh, this is one of my favorite chapters, guys. If you are looking for um, just a a pleasure read, you can read uh, John chapter 8. We're not going to look at the whole chapter, but I do want to look at a a good portion of it here with you guys. Um, So Jesus is teaching and... uh, like most times, the Pharisees come to him, and they're, they're trying to question him, trying to trap him in, you know, what he's saying. And, um, and, and they have this, like, back and forth about, like, fathers, right? And Jesus says, I'm going to start in John 18, or John 8, verse 18 and 19. He says, I'm the one who bears witness about myself, and the father who sent me bears witness about me. Jesus was always talking about his father. We understand that as we, if we've read through the Gospels. We, always, we hear Jesus talking about his father. Okay. 
They said to him, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Why is that? It's because Jesus was in such beautiful and perfect communion and fellowship with his father that the desires of his heart were the same desires of his father. That's why he displayed the father in in absolute perfection. He was a mere image of the father. I want us to jump down to, to verse 38. Like I said, we're, we're going to kind of go through this chapter. And, and a lot of times um, when, I, when I reference Scripture and I kind of give us like background and stuff like that, I never mean it to water down um, the, the portion of Scripture. A lot of times when I do that, it's just to kind of keep us on point to the point I'm trying to make. And so with any Scripture that I read uh, up here out loud to you guys, I, I want you to go back into it and, and look at it and read it for yourself because I might just be pointing out like one, one point of, of that passage, but it's never meant to encapsulate the entire passage. You know, this is what the Spirit is working in me uh, as he's opened my eyes up to a, a particular point that I'm, I'm sharing with y'all and, and, and we're talking about. Is that cool? We understand that. I just never, I don't want us to, to think that, well, well, that's, Garrett just summed that up and that's that. Like, no, there's like so, it's, it's so much deeper than that, okay? Um, but uh, if you look at verse 38, um, we're going to go there in a sec, but in, in between here, Jesus is talking about um, just in verse 26, he says, I declare to the world what I've heard from the Father. And then he says in verse 28, um, I speak as just, just as the Father has taught me. <laughs> and then in verse 38, he says, um, I speak what I've seen with my Father. So you have Jesus um, communicating to the Pharisees, just everything he says, is it's, it's, it's from the Father. And he's not doing it on his own authority, he says. All right, so if we're jumping into 38, like I told you to go to, uh, he says, I speak of what I have seen with my Father, and you do what you have heard from your Father. They answered him, Abraham is our Father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works of your, that your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God, and I'm here. I came not on my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. Wow, easy, Jesus. <laughs> easy. Ooh. <laughs> Talking to Pharisees, man. <laughs> they know a little bit about a scripture. Uh, he says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. Your will is to do your father's desires. Again, what you behold is going to bubble up the desires that are found in you. The question as we live life shouldn't be like, okay, well, I have this desire, this this kind of passion, this thing in me, this idea. Like, is that from God? Is that a desire from God? Like, it shouldn't be that. Like, the, the, the questions we ask shouldn't be like, yo, is this desire from God? 
but rather, what have I been in communion with? Or what have I been in fellowship with? Have I been in communion with my Father? Have I been in fellowship with Him? Like David said, choosing above everything else to behold His presence. Because then if that's the case, then of course that desires from God. Where there's that self-abandonment where it's like, God, not my will, but yours. And I'm just, I'm with you. I know I'm your kid. And I know that as your word says that you will um, work within me to will and to do of your good pleasure. And see, the men, the men of faith all, all throughout the Bible, I mean, they got this, right? They, they, they got that presence was like everything. The presence of God was everything, everything, everything. I want to turn to Exodus. Uh, we're going to look at Moses here. It's a wonderful record as well. And, uh, and here I go. I'm going to just kind of give a quick run up to this. Um, Moses, uh, God tells him that um, he, had, he had led everybody out of Egypt by God's amazing hand. And uh, now God says, yeah, let's, um, I'm going to send you into the land that I promised you. And... If I can find it in my Bible. Oh, man. Just such a good chapter in verse 33. But God's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you out, and you can go into this land, take it over. He's like, I'm going to send an angel to go before you, and, uh, and he's going to clear the way. And you have Moses. I just I love it. He says in verse... Um, what am I going to read? 13? Yeah, let's read 13. Is it up on the screen? Let's put that on the screen. Uh, Moses, or excuse me, Moses. Exodus 33, uh, verses 13 through 16 we're going to look at. He says, so God promises that he'll send an angel in verse 2, but we're going to look at um, verse 13. And he says, now therefore, God, Moses is saying this, if I have found favor in your sight... Please show me your ways, so that I may know you. In order to find favor in your sight, consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, God tells Moses this. So Moses is asking, God, show me your ways, so that I might know you. Like, I want to know you. And God says this to him in verse 14. He said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said, To him, if your presence will not go with me, Moses is saying this, do not bring us up from out of here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us that we are distinct? I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth? When God told Moses that he was going to give him an angel to like clear the way and Moses was not cool with that. If God came to me and said, Yo, Garrett, I'm going I'm to send an angel to clear the way for you to enter into this space or you know, to, 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 to usher in this type of breakthrough in your life, I'd be like, man, that's awesome. God, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Moses understood God's presence in a different way. He said, God, don't send the angel. If you're going to send the angel, I'm not going. I'm saying right here. I want your presence. If your presence doesn't come with me, I don't want the promised land. He chose 
presence over promise. Presence over the job. Presence over perfect health. Presence over a spouse. Presence over whatever current desire is working in your heart. It's, it's presence that's everything. What if, what if we had that same type of mentality like Moses had, where it's like, God, I don't want to go. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to vacuum if your presence is not going to be with me. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go to the store unless your presence is with me. I refuse to go to work today unless your presence is with me. I refuse to walk into that meeting or pick up that phone and call this individual, call the customer, call the client, call the patient if your presence is not going to be with me on the phone. I, I, I will not go. I will not do it. I will not get out of bed, God, if your presence is not going to come with me today. And you know God wants his presence to be with you at all times. But we do have free will. We have choice. And I'm just talking about this type of hunger, this type of appetite that Moses had for the presence of God. Not the promised land, not what had been promised, not the, not the miracles. He just wanted God's presence. Because it's in, it's in the presence that one is absolutely satisfied. Absolutely satisfied. David said one in Psalms, he says, One thing I have asked the Lord. One thing that I'd seek after. All that I would dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. It's like one thing that I'd ask God. One thing that I will seek after. And I'm king. But the one thing is just to just just be in your presence. Just look at your beauty to reflect. Connor was telling me about you know, he went on a run this morning, was, was standing on top of a hill, just looking at just God's beautiful creation. Just like, ah, just gazing upon your beauty, God, at the things you've created. Just your presence, just being here in what you've, you've created. I just, I just, I'm in awe of that. Hmm. Hmm. Ah, oh, his presence, just like, it just means so much. So much to him that we enjoy his presence. Um, Obedience over sacrifice is a big thing. Think about that. Obedience over sacrifice is a big thing. I'll explain the difference here in a second. But in Samuel, we see this. Samuel's a prophet in chapter 15, verse 22. Samuel said, Has the Lord Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. (laughs) See, God is not interested in, in like empty religious sacrifices, things that, you might feel are, are holy to kind of like check a box. God is just not, he's not really interested in that. But rather he's interested in, in your obedience, your obeying. And to obey gives the connotation that you're like actively listening and then you're taking action. You're actively listening to the voice of God because you're in his presence. You're constantly talking with God and being sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's teaching you. 
And then when you hear the voice, then you take action on it. Versus just a religious act of, of a sacrifice, you know. It's like Abraham, when, he, when God told him to go sacrifice Isaac, he takes Isaac up to go sacrifice him, but he kept listening. He kept listening for the voice of God. And when God told him that, okay, whoa, 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 once Abraham was like this, he turned his attention to the sacrifice that God will put in place in that moment. Point is, Abraham kept listening. And boy, you know Isaac's happy he kept listening. <laughs> but what if, what if he just like, well, God told me to sacrifice him. God told me to do it. And God's like, no. And he's like, you told me to do it. And like, that's like, no, no, no. There, there's, it's, it's my voice that I want you to adhere to. See, like, the journey is so important to God. The journey, not, not, not just the promised land, not, not, but it's, it's the journey. See, God knows what he has got in store. He knows what he has planned. Like, he, like that's, he, he's got that. He, he knows what he can do. But I just, I just feel like each and every moment, and I know God is all-knowing, but I just feel like he has this, like, I wonder what you're going to do right now, Glenn. I wonder what you're going to do right now, Bob. Are you going to listen to my voice right now? Are you going to let me and you enjoy this journey together? Because we have free will. We can make, we, we have that choice. And I just believe that God is just so hopeful in his thinking like that, even though he knows the outcome. But he's like, oh, Stephanie, are you going to choose me right here? Are you going to choose me over, over, over that, you know, that, that's out there? Or Michael, I, want, I wonder if you're going to just, I just, I wonder if you're going to, I wonder if you're going to choose me and my presence right now above your family, above, above everything, above every terror, thought, of anxiety, or fear. I wonder if you're going to just choose me right now in the moment. I just feel like God is just, I wonder if you're going to choose me over a sports career. Like, I just wonder if, if God is just thinking, like, I wonder if, if, if you'll get to the place where you know that I'm enough for you, where I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I, I will blow you away. I will satisfy every desire that your heart has for I can do far more above and beyond all that you could ever ask or imagine because you love me. Like I, just, I just, I feel like God is just, just wondering if, if we'll make that choice, the type of choice that we'll make in that moment because it's, it's absolute continual. You know, Yes, you come to that place where you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You come to that place where it's like, okay, not my will, but your will, God. Now fill me anew. Fill me with these new desires. Fill me with the desires of your likeness. I don't want us to be like sin conscious. Like, oh, I wonder if this desire is sinful. You know, like, ah, ah. and just like this constant like battle like that. If you look at Galatians in chapter um, 5, verse 16, he says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires, the desires of the flesh. If you walk by the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. 
For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For, those, uh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. The instruction here is to just walk by the spirit. To walk by the spirit is to be in the presence of God. Growing into listening and obeying as you walk, as you do life, as you go to work, as you go about your day, as you go to school, as you, you know, do what you do, but you're doing it in the spirit, where the spirit is now at the control center, where you're choosing to hear and obey the voice of the spirit. If you jump down a little bit into verse 24, it says, and those who belong to Christ... Raise your hand if you belong to Christ. Yes, yes, yes. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, they have crucified the flesh with its passions and and its desires. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you have, past tense, you have crucified the flesh. That means you've You've reckoned your, the flesh, meaning like old man or your old nature, like that's dead. That is dead. You have crucified it. And all the desires that used to come out in that individual that did not know God, that was never in truly the presence of God, that was far away from God. But now Jesus Christ has brought you into a position where you can see your old man on the cross, dead, with all of its sinful desires and the ways that we once walked in accordance to the world where the father of the world, which is the devil, you can read about this in many different letters, specifically if you want to look at it in Ephesians chapter 2. The power of this air that's at work in the sons of disobedience that's like we used to go by our passions, our desires, anything that felt good, we would just do it. That's, I mean, that's me. Like, if I felt like doing it, I would do it. But he says, crucify that old man, crucify that nature. Um, it's not like a struggle with sin. You know, I don't want it to be like this I'm sinning, I'm not, I don't want to sin. It's like, just crucify it, it's dead. No longer is there a landing strip for that plane of sin to land. Like, it's just not an option. You know, when you take, like, options off the table, it makes your decision real, real easy. (laughs) When you just remove options, I'm a very, very simple guy, and I know that when I, like, limit my options, it just makes it pretty easy. I mean, uh, Danny's doing, um, she's working on some allergy tests and stuff like that, so she's limited certain foods and stuff like that, and for a period of 90 days, there's been like no gluten, you know, no dairy, you know, no sugar, none of this. And it's just like, I'm like, babe, how, how are you doing with it all? She's like, actually, it's, it's not that bad. I mean, after you get past the first little bit, like once you realize it's just not an option to eat, you know, that like, it's just, I don't even think about it. It's just not an option. And that's so much like sin with us. Like, I'll just tell you, um, once you reckon that your old nature is dead, like, the, sin's not even an option for me. Like, to, to enter into, you know, drunkenness, that's not even an option for me. You know, to abuse, you know, drugs, it's not even an option for me. Pornography, not even an option. Not even an option. Masturbation, not even an option. 
Like, that's just dead. Like, not even an option. I've removed the runway that that used to land on in my heart. I have taken that away. It was crucified, put up on the cross, nailed to the cross with Jesus, and that thing died. And that's, that's how we have to see ourselves with sin. That's why it's not like this battle with sin. It's just like, no, you just walk by the Spirit. You just, walk, you just behold the presence of God, and new desires are going to start forming in you. You enter into God's presence, new desires. You know, being in God's presence is the most important thing. Like I said, obedience over sacrifice. And then I'll just tell you guys, this is exactly why we as a house believe this. That God's presence is above everything. That's why we start our service at 9.30. What do we do at 9.30? We pray and we seek God's presence out at 9.30. We don't start at 10.30. We turn the cameras on at 10.30. But at 9.30, that's when we start. And we start with seeking out his presence. I'll let you answer the question when I said, what do you think matters more to God? Us seeking out his presence or us listening to some verses being read and explained? I'm just going to, both, both very important, but I'll let you decide which one's more important to God. If you just showed up at 9.30 and you left at 10, I think you're probably going to be better, better off in the long run, because you're coming to seek his presence. And that's what we get to, that's the privilege we have as a group of people, believers. We can come and seek his presence together. Some of us are very uncomfortable seeking out the presence of God, and you don't really know what that looks like. Well, we give you opportunity for that, because we're all doing it together. I mean, during that time of prayer, I'm just sitting here, I mean, we're hearing the power of God, and the Holy Spirit is just, just touching people. I mean, I was in and chills sitting here, tears welling up in my eyes during this period. Connor, you're the same way, right? (laughs) It's like, you know, there's just something so sweet being in the presence of God. We start at 9.30 here in this home. Um... This is the last thing I want to read. Um, Proverbs 21, verse 1. David says, The king's heart is like a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. The whole idea is that the king is putting his heart in the Lord's hand. And God will direct that where he wants it to go. And how many of you believe that God's will is so perfect for your life? It is so good. it'll, It'll far exceed every desire and dream that you could ever have, ever imagined. God's like, you put your heart in my hand, Ooh, I'm going to work that thing. I'm going to work your life. I'm going to work your life. I'll develop. I will let you enjoy my presence because that's what I paid for. God wants these desires to boil up in us. 
Like he told Moses, he says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So I just want to invite anybody who's feeling anxious, who's feeling fearful, who's feeling insecure or unsure about anything, I want to invite you into his presence. In his presence, there is that rest. And in his presence, new desires are formed. He, d- he just longs to have formed in you. So you can be the son and the daughter that he paid for. Oh, how he just looks at us and just sees who we could be when we're beholding him, choosing him above everything else. He sees who we can be. And so for that, I say amen. So God, I just thank you so much for your absolute beautiful plan. God, I thank you for just your presence being available to us. And may we enter into that God. Just may we just rush into that God, knowing that there's nothing that we need to to just, just hold back, that you see all things and that you have, as your word says, seated us in heavenly places with Jesus Christ at your right hand. So God, knowing that we can just rest there with you, knowing that we have great authority, Father, in your kingdom and absolute privileges as sons and daughters, Father, I praise you and I thank you, God, for these desires and just boiling up in us, God, just satisfying the appetites that we have and just creating new desires in us, Father, that bring about your great glory here on this earth, Father. So I just praise you, God, for that, and I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.